This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to America's Web Radio. This is the Immigration Hour, the most listened to immigration podcast in the known universe. This is Chuck Cook and Rocky Rockcliffe here. Rocky, welcome. You just barely made it today. I know. I just walked in. You feel like, it feels like, what's it like to be me? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, my, my uh, normally 40-minute commute took 90 minutes today, so yeah. I leave so early. And uh, these people that sit in the traffic for the commute, I well, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, I accidentally turned on Channel 11 this morning instead of the Golf Channel. Oh, sorry. Uh, I must have, must, have, must have been recording last night. And it was during the news, the, the broadcast of the traffic, and it was, it's a 90 bajillion minute commute for everybody in the Atlanta metro area. It's like, why? It's crazy. I don't get it. I mean, yeah. why? I just... I mean, it'll take that long though with the, with all the uh, traffic. That's why I leave... Uh, That's why you I, leave early. You leave at 536, right? I leave before 6 a.m., uh, I don't. Uh, I don't leave, and if I don't leave the office by four, I stay till seven. Yeah, well, that's this is why I leave my house around nine, and, and then work till about eight. So it's just easier. <laughs> I don't think a, you were always like that. I'm probably sure when you were my age, you when, were when like, I was yeah, when you were your age, I was an early riser. In fact, my, my first job uh, at a law school, a law firm, I my goal was to beat the managing partner in every day. Uh, he was a guy in his forties, and I never could. Never it could. didn't matter what time I got there. He was always there. I have no idea what time he Probably got in. But he was gone every day at 4. Oh, so, you know, right. but, uh, man, I tried at 5. I was there at 4.30 once he was there. I don't, I mean, I don't have any idea. Nope. Jerry Gaffey, the guy who's an Energizer Bunny, I just don't know. I think he actually golfed, like, every afternoon, too. I, I think he went in early so he golfed in the afternoon. The kind of life I want to have. <laughs> uh, you know, so... How was court? Did you have court today? No, no. I had uh, I had uh, donuts with dad for. The, oh, that's right. Donuts uh, for the dad through fifth graders. I had Sweet. the first, I have a second grader and a uh, fifth grader. We so you get donuts twice. Through, yeah, we had kindergarten through third grade a couple of weeks ago, and then, or kindergarten through second grade, and then third grade through fifth grade today. So. Great ages, man. As soon yeah. as they hit sixth grade, psh, be careful. That's yeah. when it starts. Yeah. Oh, it's already started with my fifth. Oh, is it? My fifth grader. She twelve now. Uh, no, she's uh, just turned 11. 11, yeah, yeah. She just turned 11. No, she, excuse me. I can't the tweeners. The tweeners. Yeah. She, uh, yeah, I saw her this morning. She was. Uh, she said something to some boy sitting behind a desk, and it was a, a little too familiar. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what was that? What just happened there? There's well, <laughs> an, an old quote I'm familiar with for that situation uh, from... Uh, from a real great philosopher of the 1970s, or maybe late mid-80s, uh, Mr. T. Uh, pity the fool! Be a uh, pity the fool! <laughs> pity yeah. the fool! Um, oh, All right. So anyway, the immigration news yep. of the day is uh, Obama's done nothing again. Yes, I, I want to show you first, though. <laughs> this is what I wrote on my hand on the way into things oh, I'm you want to talk about. It's like a whole show. Oh, yeah, a whole show on, on, on the palm of a little meaty part of his thumb. I am a huge electronic uh, reminder guy, but the fail-safe is the side Writing of on the hand. side of thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Ob- Obama's done nothing. Nothing. But, but John Boehner. Mr. Speaker himself, in an interview on Sunday morning, uh, you're a big Sunday morning news news show guy, right? That's appointment viewing. For I'm already at church by the time that I starts. That's so. appointment for viewing. For yeah, uh, John Boehner went on and said this: "I can absolutely pass immigration, make Republicans pass immigration reform. Guarantees, guarantees. I, like I can absolutely make it happen. Sounds now like the question is, Mr. Boehner." What do you mean by immigration reform? Because yes. I can make Republicans pass it too, but nobody's really going to like it very much. Yes, by reform, do you mean a a uh, make the situation better or make it worse? Because re- there's possible reform that can make it worse. Well, poor that's already passed <laughs> Republican House yes. that makes it worse. Yes, uh, I don't think we're talking about the same thing. No, 
Uh, again, quoting like a very famous quote from Princess Bride, I do not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> I do not think you mean what you think it means. <laughs> um, watching that again over the weekend, a lovely, great show. Uh, so that that's that's really, that's it. I mean, Obama's laying low. The White House is playing defense on a number of issues, not the least of which is immigration, yep. where um, uh, one of the spokesmen says, no, no, no. Really, the secret source on the way out. No, after the election, Obama's going to go. He's going full bore. I mean, I would love like, it if he did. It's going to be everything. Yeah, it's going to be the wish list of every open border advocate in the world. Because you are, in fact, an open border advocate. Well, I, I, as a single, yes, ab- well absolutely. But it doesn't when you just say it just like that, and people think of it's it as derisive, a single issue thing. It? It's it's derisive, and people pe- when people hear that, they automatically say, "Oh, bleeding heart liberal," yeah. which. For me, I mean, you obviously know me. David knows me. Probably couldn't be further from the Maybe truth, but have. unfortunately, that's the that's what you get labeled with yeah. uh, if you uh, if if you know if somebody uh, somebody says open borders. But you know, you, you bring up uh, you bring up Obama how he's not doing anything, and I and I got to thinking. Uh, it's like one of the things I wrote down on my hand. I was listening on the way in, and I'm a huge uh, huge fan of uh, sports talk radio. Not necessarily sports, but sports talk radio. I love listening to people argue about sports uh-huh. more than even watching the sports. But they know everything. yes, exactly. But uh, they had Mike Tomlin on there, the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he was saying some things after their loss, where they you know the, a come from behind win from the other team. But you know, he, he said something. He's like, listen, we're uh, we're not coaching it, but we're allowing it to happen. You're taking full responsibility for it. it. Makes me think of you know with Obama. I'm, I'm really tired of the administration putting out the well. We can't do this because of Congress, and you know, listen, if it is not happening on your watch, it's your fault. It is. If we- if so, everything that happens or fails to happen in this country that you can change with the regulatory scheme. You need Congress to change the statutory scheme. But with the regulatory scheme in this country, you have demonstrated in a plethora of issues, Mr. Obama, that uh, you're willing to... You don't care. You'll do it. So... Do it on this one. I was just talking about that before you came in. In fact, the the complete lack of Truman-esque quality in this current president, where the buck certainly does not (laughs) stop at the White House... Uh, the buck never reaches the White House, uh, yeah. uh, and I think we can blame everything on the lack of intelligence. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and and it's such a the the thing that's so weird about the issue is that usually you can predict that they're going to do these. I mean, just dropping out of the sky and knowing what you know about politics, you would think they would have acted on this so long ago. I mean, it's it's literally what their base is. I mean, you would think, hey, this is bread and butter. Yeah, this is what but, you got elected you know, on, and, and nobody's doing it, so, so this, it just makes you question well, everything. This aid, you know, goes, this is in the Hill magazine, which is a, a, mag- which is a newspaper that comes out every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it ends up in every office of every congressman. You can't really, it's, on, it's online, but it's not going to be delivered to your door. But if you're in Congress, it literally is read by everybody. Yeah. Uh, and this is an aide, an unnamed aide, that Obama will make good on his promise to implement executive action. Uh, Josh Ernest is press secretary. Said, you know, <laughs> so the unnamed aide is going to, yeah, we're going to, he will, the, this is a promise the press, unlike other promises, <laughs> this is a promise the president will keep. Um, I love the, ignore, I love the, uh, um, the, the qualification now, on the promise. Where, where did he say that? On the Sunday talk show? Do you know which one? Enfoque con Jose Diaz Balac. In Spanish, he did it. Suck he did it on a Spanish show. That's the equivalent it, it of releasing it news at Chuck uh, Todd's Meet the uh, Press. That's the equivalent of releasing news at 4 p.m. on a Friday. Here's what he said: The president has tasked his team with looking at the law and determining what kind of executive authority he can use <laughs> to try to address the problems of our broken immigration system. 
They come up with some good solutions, some apparently poor solutions as well. They will be finalized before the end of the year, and the president will announce them before the end of the year. What do you so need to look at? <laughs> this is easy stuff. Yeah. Now, here's, here's, the, here's, I think, where I, I think when he could blame somebody else, but actually I would accept this blame. Uh, the, the administration's ability to implement policy change is terrible. And I want to go into an issue dear, dear to your guys' hearts, the United States military. Now, are you both familiar with the MAVNI program? Yes. Okay, MAVNI program, Dave, do you know what this is? Uh, this is the. This is basically a program implemented, oh, gosh, really at the behest of Margaret Stock, Colonel Margaret Stock of the United States Army, uh, who was awarded a um, genius grant from the Fulbright, from, uh, from the MacArthur Foundation. Uh, I think named after after the General MacArthur. I'm not really quite sure. It could be different. I'm not, I'm not a genius, so I don't I'm, really know. I'm going to probably say it's him. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure, but... Um, and uh, she came up with Mavni early on in the war on terror. Said, "Why aren't we recruiting immigrants who want to be here in America, who have fluency in languages, or who have special skills, whether it be medical skills, particularly, but particularly trans people that speak language. languages?" Mavni. Uh, and the program went on for like a decade. It was wildly successful. It's only fifteen hundred people. It's not a huge number of people, but really, if you have Fluent Pashto speakers, Afghan speakers, Urdu, Urdu Dari, speakers, yeah. Dari, and e- even the Tagal- Tagalog, Tagalog. stuff that you know is not normally spoken in American households. This would be very useful. In return, you could get a green card. Now right. they would not allow anybody who was undocumented to enlist. It had to be a permanent. Somebody you had to who go was work. Legal. You, had, you to, had to go work for the CIA if you were well, undocumented. Well, yeah, yes. You had, you <laughs> they had, don't have any rules. You actually had to have a visa, or you had yeah. to have a green card, and. It, on completion of basic training, you got U.S. citizenship in the MAVNI program. They ended it several years ago, and they brought it back. Last week, they announced they would allow DACA recipients finally to join the to join this program. Except they have a problem. This is another example of announcing something that you think is good, but as Margaret Stock said, without actually understanding the implications mm-hmm. and the process. There's another government rule in the military. It's active on all four branches of the military. They don't, enla- they don't allow who to enlist. Undocumented immigrants. All right. Are DACA recipients undocumented? Uh, for they have no status, right? Correct. They have authorized presence but no status. Right. So they're technically still undocumented. undocumented. So, yes, they open up a program to people that other regulations don't allow to enlist. Shocker. Yes. This is, I mean, this is, and Margaret's point was, and I, I, I'd have her on, but she's in Alaska and it's like 4 a.m. still for her. Uh, one day maybe we'll wake her up early and have her on her show because yeah. she'd be brilliant on this stuff. But what was the example about this was announcing something that had good intentions, that could have good policy implications, but is you are actually legally not allowing yourself to do through another regulation which you forgot about. Yep, and the press secretary of the United States Army is like, ah, <laughs> Margaret was making fun of him. I'm he's sure, I'm sure he's up on you, the. You should be uh, Margaret Stock's friend on Facebook because he's absolutely <laughs> hilarious on this stuff. She's no longer active duty; she's retired, so yeah. she can make fun of the army now. Um, former West Point professor, I mean, just brilliant, brilliant thinker, and a great immigration lawyer. Um, but at the end of the day, here's you have this program that would make sense, except it can't run. But what happens as a result of this? The press gets on USA Today yep. front page. DACA recipients can now enroll in the United States Army. <laughs> not true. No, nope, not true. Not true. This and is an example of the administration getting in front of. So I can understand why Obama may want to take his time in announcing it, but he's been on this since 
I mean, February, this is, and, and obviously five years before. Right, yeah, exactly. Years. I was going to say, this is not, not These new. are harder to implement, but you must make a series of changes. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're actually going to think this through and involve the actual agencies Man. involved in the process. I, I hope. I hope. But this is an example of, you know, the president has promised miles to go before he sleeps. Is that what it is? I mean, what is what is Robert Frost from? Um, oh, uh, uh, the road less travel. No, yeah, not the road less travel. The other one was I have miles to go before I sleep or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't pay attention in freshman English. I was really yes. sorry, uh, David. Perhaps you remember it. Uh, no, you didn't pay attention in freshman English either. I see. Um, so here's the thing: the president has taken action before that has made a difference in. It says try to addressing. Try to in try to addressing. I think it's trying to address some of these problems. I think mm-hmm. he, there's no sick after that, but. Pointing to deferred action, I get. And a good program. It's benefited a lot of people. It's been good. Uh, Although how they're implementing it, again, is problematic, denying the benefit to people because they're missing one piece of paper, which is logically Or they were one day over 31 when they announced the program. Or or worse. But you can't prove you were here on June 15, 2007, but you have school records from May 2007, September. Where where did an eight-year-old go? Right. I mean, really, uh, it, it makes no sense. It's arbitrary so, and, 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 and and capricious. Capricious. Uh, and finally, I'll know before I break, the president believed in the past that they needed in the past relief. And working with Homeless Security Secretary and other law, he was able to bring them relief. He was able to bring them relief. He brought them to the promised land. <laughs> he made good on that promise two months before the election. And he's going to make good on this promise, too, which is now five years old. Let's take a break on the Immigration Hour in America's Web Radio. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Hi, I'm Paisley McDonald, and I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, At Home with Paisley, every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, for practical advice and stylish living for your home and office. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200, or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Right past it. We're back. Uh, welcome Amer- back to America's Web Radio. Yes. This is, uh, what a blast today. Yeah. The off-air went a little bit into the air. There. Yeah, so we, we were talking about, the, uh, of course, the White House again. Yep. Uh, the Secret Service. Now, here's what's funny. One of my Facebook friends posts a picture. The day guy, Some dude just jumped the fence to the White House right in front of me. Which happens all the time, I think. Like, yeah. Just crazy but people jumping the fence. But it was that guy. Oh, really? Yes, it oh, was wow. that guy. 
Right here, he has a picture of the White House. Except this dude just jumped the fence right in front of me. <laughs> this cat's about to catch a beatdown. My favorite part about the scandal was the usher's office. I don't really know what the usher does, but uh, other, I mean, he sings, right? Maybe he's a different uh, usher. No. Turned the alarm off because it was right by their office because it was yeah. too loud. Is that not the purpose of an alarm? Exactly. To like, be too loud? I don't think you're supposed to do you that. You can't ignore it? Yeah. It's, it, I think it has become like a car alarm. Probably tell everybody. Like everybody just ignores, just ignores right? it. Yeah. Just ignores it. It's banging in my ear, so turn it off. Time to fix your protocols, people. Yeah. <laughs> if if hilarious. that's the case, I think somebody needs to reevaluate yeah, protocol. You know, it's it's been funny. Joe Joe Scarborough was uh, was morning was Joe defend, was defending uh, Obama this morning in a way, saying well, maybe nice. And if I was Obama, I'd fire everybody in that in that detail, get a new detail on there immediately, and I'd fire the head and get somebody else in there. Something. Oddly enough, the head of Secret Service was scheduled to testify today. In front of the oversight committee on past lapses, and then this happened. Past scandals. And they announced of- some, some heavily armed security <laughs> guy tackled the dude in the East Room, which is you know a, a distance from the front door that he entered in, yes. into down below. Well, the fact that he got to the door, which is right coming- past, he ran past the open staircase up to the family's residence, and Grandma and one of the girls was there that day. Interesting. I hope he's not an undocumented immigrant because then somebody. He's will- an army veteran. <laughs> oh, okay. He All right. Did, the dude clearly suffers from PTSD. Oh, I'm sure he, he does. Had his mom on the radio and TV, and it's just—I mean—it was just like this tragic tale of untreated PTSD. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, really sad. They're probably going to treat the guy now like a criminal instead of as he was probably probably insane or yeah. at least at least mentally unstable. I mean, this this guy doesn't need to be punished. This guy needs to, needs to be needs to be treated. Exactly. Um, uh, but uh, and, and really, if I went to the jail, I'm really sorry that it happened to you. Let's see, what we can get. Let's get. I'm gonna talk to some guys. See if we can get you fixed yeah. up. And by the way, come to the White House again. Do right. And do, do right by you. That would be. That would be ready to do. But oh yeah. Silence from Obama. He's in a different class, man. I, I mean, I, he's. I, I, I gotta tell you, I'm very disappointed. Uh, I'm For somebody who came into office as such a man yeah. of the people, yeah. He you know really, what I'm disappointed? Yeah. I'm disappointed in the GOP for making people vote for Obama. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah? Really. I'm disappointed in GOP what's, what's the for stat? nominating people that couldn't beat him. And not and not fixing their platform. Because what's the stat? You always trump it, and I love it. Yeah. If the same percentage of people that vote, same percentage of Hispanics that have voted for McCain in 2008 would have voted for Romney, Romney in 2012, he'd been president. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just... Um, it's just crazy that they keep nominating people. And now, now they're talking about Romney coming back. Uh, they're talking about again. Rick Perry. Rick Perry, really? <laughs> oh, man. Talk about somebody actually, unqualified want, to be president. I really want him in the primary, though. So. Oh, that would I mean, be fun. I mean, John Stewart's going to have a, a field day. I, mean, I think that. Huckabee may run, but that dude's put back all his weight back. <sighs> he put his all his weight back on? Oh, He's man. He's a big man now. He was already a big dude well, before. He lost 100 pounds. Yeah, he lost a ton of weight. And he, did he, he have the gastric he, bypass, or did he... Uh, no, I think he just lost the weight. Just lost the weight? He just lost the weight. But he's a living. Clean big, living and not 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 big boy. All those chicken dinners, man. <laughs> winner winner chicken dinner. But yeah. uh, I'm hoping the GOP primary is fun, but they actually nominate somebody. Somebody with a brain. who, yeah, somebody with a brain. I'm not holding out a lot of hope. No. Well, I because I have as no Dave hope. and I were talking, <laughs> where is the person? Yeah, who's out they? there? Yeah. I mean, really, who's out there? Who's out there? I mean, I, I personally like Chris Christie. I think the guy <laughs> is a no nonsense. I think he's a good leader. I think he's a little. Aggressive, but I, I, I'm Jersey. I'm a Jersey guy. I don't, I don't <laughs> mind that type of aggressiveness. Um, I just don't think he can win a primary uh, outside the Northeast. No, and um, but which is too bad. I think he, I think he would be pretty good. 
Um, I'd love to see him in a debate. With I would too. Like to see or him. Or in a I, I guess mean, I think he's probably going to run. Gonna be, but yeah. other guys, you know, who else is there out there? What 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 uh, strong, smart, charismatic GOP guy is out there? Uh, I mean, besides Stephen King from Iowa. I mean, who else could there possibly be? No uh, idea. Think about it. I mean, yeah. Nathan Deal. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh. Carter's going to beat him. <laughs> uh, and yeah. um, well, let, I mean, let's fast forward to that. Let me let me ask you. Uh, uh, right now, you got to call it. Do you think? Uh, say no action is taken on immigration mm-hmm. after the election, and mm-hmm. they just let it sit. Yeah, in Congress, talking about it. it, it yeah. Well, in Congress and the presidency. Okay. Do you think uh, either party will allow it to be an issue? That this, that comes out in the uh, that oh it'll that be huge. In the you think so? Oh, it'll be huge. You think in the they'll election. let it? But here's the problem: the Democrats will then no longer. If Obama does nothing, mm-hmm. the Democrats will not be able it, to yeah. use it. They will not right. get Latinos. People, Latinos will just sit out. They're done. Yeah. Well, yeah, they'll just sit out. They won't go vote. They're, or they'll yeah. vote Huntsman in the third party. Yeah, Huntsman in the third party. That's your guy. I love Huntsman. <laughs> I mean, I think the guys. I no take, take him over anybody the Republicans could put up right oh, now. Oh yeah, I mean he's that's a guy who's charismatic. He's smart. He's great on policy. Yeah. He's a good leader. He was a great governor. I mean, he's a great governor of the state of Utah. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, middle of the road socially. Um, I, I think he'd be terrific. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he'd be terrific. But I can uh, think of ten people I'd rather 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 have, obviously. But uh, Huntsman of any of the people out there now, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd put know, him up there. I, I, I think yeah. he'd be pretty good. But uh, I don't think anybody else is coming along that will fix immigration. Uh, and despite what Boehner says about. You know, I can get a vote on this. Oh if you can gosh. do it, then, then do why it. don't you? Yeah, then why aren't you seizing the win? We uh, talk about it all the time. And again, time. it was a softball interview. It. it was, you know, it's like. It's Sunday talk it's like, show. You know, really, Come on. why don't you actually do it? You know, why don't you actually make it happen? Sunday talk show, make uh, it happen. I, I, I just, I just, uh, I yeah. just don't get uh, what's going on. Now, the next thing on your hand is what? The next thing on my hand, I want to talk about this. Uh, you know, uh, yesterday I went to the Stewart Attention Center. Yes, uh, and I know I, you love that place. You know what? I, I was when I was when I was driving back yesterday. I, I always get you know hopped up when I go down, and then driving back, I'm always in a you know kind of a. Kind of a pissed off mood, you know. I, I really hate going there, but I, I really feel like the only other times I feel like I get that like emotional about it. I equate it to uh, listen. I've been into combat. I've ridden a helicopter in. I've ridden a helicopter out. That's the only other feeling I've had like that. I feel like every time going down there, I'm going, like going to, to battle. battle. Yeah, and then when I'm coming out, like I'm really, really angry and just hopped up. And you know, the re- what I want to we talk about it here on the show a lot, but. I just, you know, I know we have a lot of practitioners that live, listen to the show and everything, and they're really familiar with it. But for people that don't practice immigration law every day, or you know, just listen to the show for, uh, you know, just you know, general knowledge, or whatever, it is crazy to me. Still, every time I think about it, you know, anew, it is crazy to me that we detain people for immigration violations, and it, it, it's just. Immigration, immigration law is an administrative type of law, just like tax law, like bankruptcy law, all that stuff. We don't put people in high security facilities who have been accused of violating tax laws. We don't put people in high security facilities who've been accused of violating bankruptcy laws. Now, there are criminal portions, criminal things associated with those that we have real prison for mm-hmm. and real jails for. Just like with criminal immigration things, we have real jails and more prisons. But we are detaining people who have only been, who have have been alleged to have civilly violated immigration laws. And that is just crazy. And we're detaining them by the thousands every single day. And, you know, I, I've, I'm guilty of this. You know, I just let it. 
I don't want to say roll off my back, but I don't, you know, a lot of times I don't really uh, properly focus on that. But I think that more people would do good to focus on the fact that we are detaining people for this and people should be outraged. I, I spoke to my wife on the way back yesterday and she used a great After you work. got into a zone and actually had cell phones. <clears throat> yes, after I got into a zone because they purposely put it where you can't have uh, cell coverage. Um, well, I don't know if they purposely did, but that's the reality of the situation. Uh, and she, my wife used the word when I, when I you know, was kind of was describing the case to her and everything. And my wife is an attorney. And no matter how many times I explained the immigration laws to her, she still can't grasp it. Just, just it's showing how complicated and ridiculous it is. She used a great word in describing what was happening to my client down there. Disgusting, and it really it is, is Chuck. It is. Disgusting it is. what they are doing to people. I mean, you have, uh, which leads me to the second uh, thing I have written down here in my hand. We have something in this country in the Constitution. I think it's equal equal protection. I think it's called equal, equal protection. protection. It's in the believe the fourteenth <laughs> before the yeah, Civil War. Exactly. It's, it's constitutional. Yeah. I don't know if you read that lately or anything. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Uh, but equal protection basically – basically layman's terms means we don't want to treat people differently under the law who are similarly situated, yeah. who are in kind of like situations. We don't want the law to treat them differently or really disparately. We understand that everybody – you know, everything isn't exactly the same and nothing can be the same. But you know, no more is it – Nowhere else is it as evident how violative of equal protection uh, the immigration laws are than in the situation of immigration detention and with specifically the 10-year unwaivable bar. So let me give a little background with with the bars for those who may not be be as familiar with it. There's two types of 10-year bars in the immigration system, okay? If you come into the country legally or illegally and you stay here for more than a year – you're subject to a 10-year bar, meaning... When you leave. When you leave, exactly. Meaning that if you're married to a citizen or you have some other way to, to get yourself a visa or, or a green card, that you have to go outside the country for 10 years in order to continue processing. And wait 10 years. And wait 10 years. Now, for it, people who just came in and they only stayed here for a year or, or more, yeah. and pretty much everybody's case is more than a year, obviously a year doesn't start till a year. That, that's waivable, okay? Yeah. That bar, because if in you... In certain could, limited circumstances. Right. If you come in and say you came in 20 years ago mm-hmm. and one time during that period of time you left for a week because your mom died. Mom died. Mom died. Yeah. You left, you came back. You have no other criminal issues. You're you just caught, like somebody just... who came in 20 years ago same time same day you did and didn't leave. That person is barred from doing anything until they've spent 10 years well, outside. It's a the permanent US. bar. No, no. Well, it's it's well, actually it's, a permanent it, bar it that's is a, waivable after that's ten waivable years. That's waivable after ten years. It doesn't exactly. go away but after ten meaning years. Meaning ten years. Who who's who's gonna who's gonna go for ten years with that? Well, in ten years, then I can just. I mean, how? I mean, is that am I crazy for thinking that, Chuck? I mean, that's the the ten years. Uh, it, it, you have two people who are very similarly situated, and the. The law is basically saying, hey, you're married to a U.S. citizen or you have some other way. We're going to allow you to waive this bar. Mm-hmm. The other person who just left for a week to go to mom's funeral can't do it. Yep. You're Get, out, you're meaning, you're and, and how and, – and people are, well, it's just an immigration thing. It's, it's you, know, you know, they can still live their life. Like, no. somebody It's, in, it's inherently unfair. Exactly. It's and inherently so unfair. It's just it, – that's just one area in which it, it, it really highlights to me how violative uh, – uh, you know the immigration system is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there's so many parts of it that are unconstitutional, and that uh, and and even if they were constit- even if they were somehow squeezed into being constitutional by Supreme Court justices who love to do that. Yep. Uh, anybody that's been to law school does that. I, 
they they they're they're inherently unfair. I mean, and it's just ridiculous, and it mm-hmm. breaks up families at the end it of the destroys day. Destroys families. Destroys families, and, which is my you, biggest you, and gripe. Do you with think it. people would stay out of the country if, if their <laughs> wife and five kids are here? Yeah, exactly. Not a chance. Exactly. Let's take a break here on America's Web Radio. We'll be right back. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámalos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour here on America's Web Radio. Chuck, we were talking uh, before uh, before the break, which kind of led into a little off-air conversation. David had a really good point. Uh, anytime you're looking at problems, you know, social, government, or whatever, follow the money. And uh, in keeping with the kind of the detention theme, who's making all the money off this? Who's 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 making all the money? Well, private prison corporations are private making money. Private prisons. Private prison corporations making, and they are giving money to whom to enable them to keep doing it. Politicians, exactly. And they have caveats in their annual reports. I'm not making stuff up. You can go look at CCA's annual report. They one of their business risks is a change in the statutory scheme. Yep. They realize that if the law changes and we criminalize less action, yep. that that will affect their bottom line. So you can't tell me that. And, and listen, I'm all for free markets, but private prisons are not a free market because the only person that's legally allowed to detain, to deprive people of their liberty, the, is, the, is the government because when, of the will of the people. Exactly. So when they contract that out, you know, to the to these facilities and everything. I don't. I'm tired of hearing these private prisons seeing all their posters of like, well, this is a free market solution to the, no, 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 no. There's no free market solution to the deprivation of liberty, folks. Okay, it's something ugly. We got to deal with it. So stop hiding behind this free market rhetoric. I'm tired of it. I, it reminds me. I think I d- talked about this a couple of weeks ago after one of my trips to uh, to Stewart. Man, I'm fired up today. Yeah, sure uh, <laughs> the uh, I, w- I was down there and I-, I was not able to see my client for probably a period of an hour and a half while shift change was going. On. Oh, shift change. Oh, my gosh. So, shift with shift with an F? <laughs> yeah, there's an F in there, folks. Uh, <laughs> so, they have all these people coming in. And, side note to that, I mean, I have never seen a sorrier excuse for humanity than works at detention facilities. Oh, yeah. I mean, just. Uh, at a private detention At a private facility. detention facility, exactly, yeah. So, uh, they're coming in. I, I finally tell one of the uh, one of the uh, the guards who's talking to some 
clearly somebody who's a supervisor because they're wearing a they're wearing a tie or something. Uh, everybody <laughs> else looks like a dirt bag. I mean, this guy looked like a dirt bag too. He just had a tie on. So uh, you know, I, I say you know this is ridiculous. I've I've been to uh, you know other federal federal facilities. I don't ever have to wait that that uh, you know this long and kind of like conversation student. And he he just pipes up, barrel chested, puffs it out. I was like, well, this isn't a federal facility. And you know, I I put my hand up, kind of the Facebook meme guy, and I'm like, oh. I'm well aware of the private concentration camp you're running down here, you know? I mean, and the guy just looks at me dumbfounded, and the guards are just like, uh, what did you say? I mean, that's that's really what's going on down there. I mean, it is – if you you have some free time, go check it out. I know you're not, but, I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. It detains 2,500 people. It's maximum security, and you have – you have true criminals there – Sleeping next to people who are traffic oh, violators, tra- traffic, or nothing, who, dry, or, yeah, nothing. or nothing, accused of a crime. Accused of, oh, well, I mean, somebody who's uh, whose only violation of the law is a traffic offense because the state will not let them comply with traffic. Or they were reentrance or deportation. Exactly. They were deported. Somebody who's they leave. yeah, they may be sleeping next to somebody who killed four people and is now being deported after a twenty-year prison sentence. Yeah. I mean, talk about scary. Yeah, you I know, mean, think about the CCA, the Corrections Corporation of America. Georgia has the third most facilities run by them, only passed by Arizona and Texas. Georgia, Georgia loves those federal dollars. Yeah, they love you know. So there's five CCA corp- uh, facilities here run by the state. Now, I think uh, at least three of those are where they, are, are, at least two is where immigration detainees facility uh, right. run. The rest are are Georgia. I mean, Georgia contracts with these well, guys well, too. Well, yeah, I and mean, that's why they give. That's why this this corporation gives money to state legislators yep. here. They had net revenue. This is the numbers from twenty from just last month. They had net revenue in twenty thirty revenue one point seven billion dollars with a B, folks. One point, and that on that profits three hundred million dollars. <laughs> so three in that's, profits. That's a hell of a margin. Profits. Now here's what's interesting, uh, and this is what, what what is unclear with these numbers. They've got I don't know. They've got uh, fifteen thousand employees. Well, fifteen thousand employees. One point seven billion is not a lot of, of revenue. It's, my question is. Are they counting the physical facility where they're, let's say, they own the one in Stewart? Right. Are they count the money that the st- that the that the feds give them for every dollar that walks in there. I mean, that's what's clear. Where's their billion coming from? I think the revenues are actually significantly higher. higher than oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this you is some sort of accounting gimmick, it. right? This is some sort of accounting gimmick. But in three hundred million dollars in profit, mm-hmm. profit, which knows they write off the contributions. So yep. this is literally. Two shareholders. Yeah, I mean, if you own stock in a private prison company, shame on you. Shame on you. You're just if your four hundred one k owns stock in it, get out of it. Shame on you. Yeah, I mean, well, really, it, your your soul be cankered in hell. Yeah, I would I would hazard a guess that the facilities that they own, like the one down at Stewart, like uh, some of the other federal facilities, that's probably where they're getting the money from because they actually own the property. Yeah, so, but all these little satellite jokers they yeah, have run around where they just they, they just the get facility. like money per day per person. Listen. Kudos to you because it's a great business model. When your business model is, hey, somebody's going to give us dollars to do to deprive somebody of their liberty. Nobody else can do it except us, and and they give me a certain amount of money, and I can basically whittle it down by depriving them or only giving them just enough food and water to survive mm-hmm. and sheltering them and just to what out of the elements to make my profit to make my bottom line bigger. I mean, who who wouldn't who wouldn't want that power? Yeah, exactly. Hitler. Right. Well, get this. <laughs> Studies show that for many offenses, including immigration offenses, incarceration has little, if any, impact on public safety. 
Oh, of course it's true. That's why I'm. The, that's why I always yeah. say incarceration is not the. It is not securing anyone, and actually increases a person's likelihood of committing more crimes when they're out. Yep, because then they become they become a career criminal because they what the social they, stigma associated with it. You can't, you can't overcome do it. it. It's you physically impossible it. to overcome. Yep. And so we actually, by incarcerating more people, we actually create more criminals. Now, there are some people that need to be in jail. Absolutely. Let's be clear. Super I mean, small number, though, compared to I mean, what's actually, what's in, actually in jail. There has been a 500% increase in incarceration in the U.S. in the last 30 years. Yeah. What's the country in the world that incarcerates, inc- deprives people of their liberty at a higher per capita rate than anywhere else in the world? It's the U.S. The country folks. with the United States Constitution. The, the country with the Constitution. It's, yeah, the country with the Constitution. I love that. Yeah, country with the Constitution <laughs> yep. written by the hand of God. Um, so get this. You all heard of ALAC. You know what ALAC is, right, David? The American Legislative Exchange Council for the GOP. Actually, not GOP in the end. But basically, they, they've written virtually every law that has passed the GOP legislature in the last 30 years. Some cats They've with some pole right I mean, there. And they are funded by the Koch brothers. They're funded by – and Google was a member and just backed out last week. They said, we can't support what we you're doing. Can't be part of this I forget, yeah. the, I forget why they backed out. I think we made violence against women or something. I'm not really sure. CCA has participated in and led the task force of ALAC that pushed truth in sentencing and three strikes legislation. Shocker. Okay. And spent last year $2.1 million – $21.1 million lobbying Congress. I mean, that's, that's their business model. I mean, this is really amazing. They currently detain, in 2010, they detained 128,000 people in their facilities. Yep. Wow. It's just morally wrong. And I know you get yeah. angry coming back from that. Uh, I mean, the, yeah. the place, you go down there, David, and the place sucks the it soul lo- sucks out of already. you. Oh, I mean, 100%. It is a miserable town. And it's got a constant glimpse. You can buy your Christian gun there. However. Oh, no, no. Absolutely. There's a great article in the New York Times <laughs> just a couple of days ago about this. But it is a it's a it's a miserable town. Yep. Has not brought the economic recovery that the county was promised it would bring with great jobs because they're crappy jobs. They're basically oh. minimum wage jobs. Yeah, the minimum wage jobs to walk around. Uh, Watching people who are being deprived right. of their and liberty. all the leaders don't live in that county. They live oh. in Columbus. Oh, you know now the judges away. don't live there. No, no the nobody lives there. there. Nobody yeah. lives there because yep. it's just. I mean, it, it is a county full of trailer parks. Yeah, I, I got to say, I had to yesterday. I had to sit um, because my hearing. There was some administrative uh, snafus, and I ended up having to sit uh, for for the, my same guy. Uh, I had a uh, hearing, a master hearing. Um, and then I had a bond hearing, but I had to wait about an hour and a half in the courtroom there as they paraded the the parade well, of horribles. Yeah, I mean there. they were just they were just in there. You know, I'm just listening to uh, you know listening to the judge. I mean he's I mean credit to Judge Trimble. I mean he's super efficient at running his deportation machine down there. Um, and I'm not afraid of his name. It's public record, folks. It's right. So he's uh, a deportation machine. Yeah, he's deportation machine. And you know I've, I'm sitting myself there, and I, and I'm not in any way trying to defend him or sympathize with him, but. I can't help but see if that's what you do all day that you end up same with the trial attorneys that you end up completely dehumanizing oh, yeah. who's in front they, of you. They are they are people are folders to them. I mean they, they really folder. are. I They're mean he, he is up there just reading off of a clear script that he's made of you know of are your parents a citizen? Where were you born? Blah blah. blah you know all this stuff and it's just I mean just me sitting there for that hour and a half. I mean. I could see how if you're there every day, you get to the point where you just don't care, and then and then there's a special type of of crazy uh, that's reserved for one of the other judges out there that I think you get past the dehumanizing point to actually having 
visceral negative emotions towards like vengeance the people. Almost. Yes, exactly. Like saying, you are here because uh, I, I had a client uh, that I, I wasn't as hearing because I, I told him to, do, to 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 just take an order. You know, he was telling me. The, the the judge said, "We don't want you here. Your family can stay, but you can't." Which which doesn't shock me at all. From no, you know who we're talking right, yeah. about. I mean, it it goes. It's a special kind of the uh, tuberousness. Yeah, the the tuberative. Yeah, but I mean, it's uh, it, it just part and parcel of the whole thing. I mean, it's it's the evident. It's everything that is wrong with. With the system, and there's one word that I, if, if I had to describe uh, what is what, what is right, I guess somewhat right, and and really wrong about our immigration system, and it's it's discretion. There's not enough and too much. Right. I mean, that, at at the end of the day, there's not enough for the uh, not enough discretion for the judges and adjudicate well adjudicators. I'm just going to lump them all together because the judges are adjudicators, mm-hmm. not Article Three judges. Uh, they don't have enough discretion for the cases that need it, and they have too much discretion for their personal prejudices to come in. I absolutely agree. I mean, and that's, that's, that's evidenced by how many cases are remanded from the Board of Immigration Appeals. <laughs> itself, its own hotbed of, of discrimination uh, and, and, and lack of discretion and too much discretion at the same time because there's just a monumental amount of inconsistency in the entire system. Absolutely. It is not a consistent system of justice. Not at it all. just doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, which is really one of the bigger problems of the system, right? And and the reason why it is it's that's even hot, more highlighted in detention facilities because the judges it, they're they're obviously not going to admit this, but you can tell by their actions uh, when they in the detained context they know that even though they're making a decision that's motivated by personal prejudice, no matter how much they convince themselves that it's not, or a legally improper decision because of their personal prejudices that. The vast majority of people are not going to be able to wait out the appeal because it they takes a, a it, four to five ter- months for you to yeah. get the decision. So oh, even six, if you win, seven, eight. so even if you win, you have to be committed to stay there that entire time. Because if you just go ahead and say, "Hey, I got to get out of here so I can come back illegally or whatever," is because my family's here and I can't support them from here. The judges know that, and and all judges, the only thing they care about is their reversal rate. So they know that they're not going to get reversal on cases because they're going to be able to wait people out. They have time on their yeah. side, and that's why it's even worse there. Well, we have seen judges actually intentionally delay cases. Absolutely, absolutely. In the detained and non-detained in detained context, but really in non-detained, nobody really cares that much. Yeah, because in the detained it's, context. You delay a case a week, two weeks. I can't take. I'm just going to take an order. I'm going to take. Yeah, after a week, yeah. because people. Are, I mean, if you've got a couple of kids and and a spouse, and you're the sole source of support. I mean, and you've never been in jail. And before. you've never been in jail before, and you're living paycheck to paycheck. You. I mean, you can't commit to four months of of a non-detained setting. Who's going to commit to four or five months in a detained setting where you could still possibly lose? Where you're talking to your wife every day. She's yeah. crying on the phone, yeah. telling you how much. She, she, they're going to lose their house, or yeah. the kids are going to have no clothes. I can't go to school, and, and it just it'll rip your guts out. Yep, it'll rip your guts out. Yep. And let's not under, let's not be afraid to say it's not just men they're detaining. No, 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 no. You they uh, just women too. Yeah, let let. I mean, what stat did you see on Facebook about uh, uh about uh the rates of, for women detention? It's, it's stunning. Women? We do. We detain we, more women than any place I in mean, the world. W- not only that, we detain women and children. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, we well, let's not forget the, detention, the new detention facility. Now, I'm unclear whether the new detention facility in, in Texas is going to be privately run or federally government run. I hope to goodness it's a federal facility. Yep. At the same time, to say that you are sympathetic to, to the plight of refugees and to put refugees in a camp like that mm-hmm. is um, is horrible. 
Uh, it's, it's flat horrible. You know, Australia's been doing this for a decade or 20 years. They have an island off the coast that they put boat refugees on. Send them all to an island. They do. They send them to an island, okay? But it's not a prison camp. It's an island at yeah. least, okay? It's run by the state, and obviously there's guards and stuff, but it's not a physical prison where they dress mom and dad in orange, and the kids get normal clothes, and they live in a cell together, and, and they're the, marched they, out in Canada every single day. And the kids Do you are not think that destroys the psyche of a child? Yep. That is absolutely outrageous. Yeah, I want to get into why why that's so outrageous when we come back from a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the last segment of today's Immigration Hour. Uh, Rocky, I got an email uh, at uh, 12.15 this morning from our friends at the Center for Immigration Studies. All right. It should be probably named the Center for Anti-Immigration Studies. <laughs> but um, be you, can never know these, you can never know what these groups support and, by their name. And, and really, we, we spent the last 20 minutes talking about how horrible these private prison facilities are, but Americans generally say, well, they're illegal. Hey, lawbreakers. They're lawbreakers. I break, I break, they break the law. Got and everybody who breaks the law should be in jail. I've never broken the law. I obey every traffic law. I obey every gun uh, law. Yeah. I obey every chewing gum law that's ever been passed in the history of mankind. But these people have broken the law. Got and then you be punished. Yep. Hard. Hard. Hard labor. Tough on crime. Tough Hard on labor. crime. They're taking their jobs. They're marrying their women. They're reading their Bibles. Okay. <laughs> the Center for Immigration Studies came out with, and, and I love about these guys because they really play to the basis that that oh, your base human emotion the, that xenophobia it's one of xenophobia. the sickest things out and there. their headline was great executive amnesty whatever that is <laughs> for traffic offenders yeah. that's their headline thousands of drunk drivers would be shielded from deportation now this is proof that you can just make stuff up i MSU. mean literally just pull it out of your butthole and just put it on the wall and say, here's what's going to happen. Yep, exactly. Uh, and how, do, how do we know this is a lie? Okay, A new report from the Center for Anti-Immigration Studies examines the potential public safety impact of an executive action to benefit alien traffic offenders, one of the several direct directives reportedly being considered by the Obama administration. So, now here's my conclusion. There's summary conclusion. They're good writers because they write to the base emotion. Right. Such a presidential directive would protect tens of thousands of illegal aliens from deportation each year. 
The analysis found that it's since 2004, 258,689 aliens whose most serious state or local conviction was a traffic were deported by ICE, which I think is actually a low number. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. These individuals, quote, are not harmless, as proponents <laughs> of such policy have suggested. They all were DUI offenders, every and one of them. amnesty for these convicted exclusively <laughs> oh, of traffic gosh. crimes would include those convicted of drunk or drugged driving, vehicular homicide, carjacking, vehicular homicide, which I missed twice for some reason, it yes. must be doubly bad, and joyriding. Right. More than 50%, 50% of deported traffic offenders were convicted of drugged or drunk driving. Ooh. All right, now here, okay. What do they have a hyperlink on that stat? They do have a hyperlink to their own report. To their, uh, yeah, yeah. To their own report, which is clearly well sourced. Yeah, yeah well sourced. <laughs> because immigration doesn't tell you what traffic offenses. No, no, they, they don't. They, they don't. Uh, this falls under the category of MSU. They're just making it up. Making that's, stuff. That's it. They're just making, making it stuff up. up. Uh, but that's okay. You can make stuff up. And but let here, me, but here's, here's the true lie in here. Mm-hmm. If Obama does, in fact, pass a defer, create a deferred action program, Mirrored on the DACA program, who specifically is not included in this? DUI specifically excluded. Listen, I think homicide? Not included. No. Co-writing? Not allowed. Carjacking? Absolutely not allowed. So, really, you can lie. This goes back to P.T. Barnum. You, in fact, can fool some of the people all the time. time. But it it shows, you know what, They, they have clearly... A, pra- a everyday practitioner is not involved in that. But you ask any practitioner, I don't care where you are in the country, specifically here in Atlanta. Oh, this yeah. is a tough jurisdiction around. You guys so DUI. Say, a DUI is literally the worst thing you, you can well do for your somebody. case. I-, I think it would be less harmful to your case shooting somebody. There is such a stigma. And I'm not saying, I'm not going to, I'm I not making any normative argument. One or but it is li- the stigma attached to a DUI in this jurisdiction, I mean, it is death on your case. Well, and, and that's the purpose of this article. Yeah. They say, oh, we're letting these horrible DUI yeah. people out <laughs> in, in our community. They're going to kill us all. Yeah. When, in fact, they are specifically not allowed. Yep. Now, get this. Has Congress made it deportable offense to have drunk driving? Nope. No. If Congress much. wanted to make you they inadmissible or say, hey, we're not going to give you this discretionary benefit for a DUI, well, I mean, they'd have to have Canada some sort of... illegal. St- What's that? And Canada's immigration. Yeah, you can change the statute. Congress could change a statutory scheme for it tomorrow if they want to. But it's clear because at the end of the day, it's it's a civil violation. It's and you know I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a normative statement here. Like, listen, if you're driving like an idiot because you're texting or you're messing with the radio, yelling at your kids in your back, or you're drunk or drugged, you're being a bad driver. And you know I, I talk about this all the time. You're being a bad driver. You don't. The motivation for your conduct or what it is making you a bad driver, I don't necessarily think we should attach so much more moral culpability to something you should know. You know not to text and drive. If you kill somebody texting and driving, you it's still not going to be looked at as bad as if you're drinking and driving. How is that any different? Well, it's it, not. Well, it's funny is when they publish their studies, mm-hmm. they quote themselves. <laughs> They don't quote all people who reviewed the study no, no. because their studies never pass uh, it's, muster with it's a, not any what we other call peer review. No, no, these these <laughs> these are just just pure MSU yeah. stuff. Quote to quote Jessica Vaughn, the auth- the other co-author and the center's director of policy studies, who must have a massive canker on her soul. Uh, quote drunk driving is one of the most common violent crimes committed in America. Clearly violent. And according to Mad, because we've got to bring the mothers against drunk oh, driving gosh, in, don't get me who don't give their own quote, but they quote them. 
one third of the problem is repeat offenders. I agree, it's a horrible thing. But for you to then say Obama's going to give when we know he's not, yeah. they're specifically not going to do it because history says they're not going to do it. To you, use this is again a lie. Yep. This is this is this is well, it's, 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 this is like Himmler. Yeah, well, it's well, no, Goebbels. 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 This Goebbels. is Goebbels-esque. Yeah, yeah. The, if the Himmler is the SS yeah. guy. Yeah, if the uh, lie is big enough, the, the, the bigger the lie, the more people, people are believe it. to believe Yeah, this it. is Goebbels-esque yeah. in, its, in its inappropriateness. Well, it's, it's um, just like the welfare thing. It's They play to that argument. Exactly. Listen, because it sounds that's horrible. Exactly. Obama's going to... No, Obama's not going to do this. Yeah. That's stupid. In fact, one of my commercials on, on Hispanic television is, if you are stupid enough to drink and drive, you should be deported. We I'm not going to go that far, here. but I... I'm going to run my commercials on Spanish yeah. television. If you're stupid enough to drink and drive, you should be deported. Don't destroy your family here in the United yeah, States. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I mean that, absolutely. That's it. But yeah. to conflate, for, for these people to, to conflate the issue, listen, there's a problem with DUI, people driving under the influence of this country. There's absolutely a problem with it. But that's not because we have a, a... That's not because of the immigration system. Just like we have a welfare problem in this country... Not because of the immigration. So stop conflating stuff and stop playing to those base emotions. But unfortunately, you've got politicians from our state actually. Did you see? Uh, I, I meant to talk to you about this at the beginning of the show. It was all over on uh, Saturday when I was, I was watching college football Saturday night. Uh, who, who's the guy? The, I can't even think. Is, is, he's got some commercial out talking about uh, basically castigating uh, Michelle Nunn for uh, the immigration oh, stuff. Oh, Purdue. Yeah, I mean, that commercial is all about. Hey. It's just not okay, true. Okay. Exactly. It's like, okay, okay. somebody, they want to give him amnesty. Now, nah, and, and open border. She wants yeah. to open the border. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. I always I mean, put on his, when he's on my Facebook page, crazy. Crazy. what exactly do you mean by secure border? <laughs> oh, that's this, I mean, that's, yeah, I remember Is this the same, pe- you want yeah. the, maybe the Secret Service could go down there. Yeah. Um, the Border Patrol that's now 10 times the size it yeah. was uh, 20 years ago? And that, it, that people, do anything. Yeah, it is like, literally impossible to get across the border illegally now without getting caught. I mean, they have got drones everywhere, sensors everywhere. I mean, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do people yeah. get across? Of course they do. Absolutely. Because it's called the war on drugs. <laughs> right, now let's get back to something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, yeah, now sorry. get this. Most of the aliens deported after a conviction for traffic crimes had other aggravating circumstances, blah, blah, blah. But get this. In 2013, 70% of traffic offenders were prior deportees because people come back. <laughs> no blank, Sherlock. Yeah. No, no crap, Sherlock. I mean, seriously? And 60% of aliens convicted of lesser traffic offenses, those that aren't bad, you know, like speeding uh, or not signaling or right. maybe having the tail light out, which we see all or, the time here in Georgia. Or, or just being brown. Yeah, that could be DWH, <laughs> absolutely. We're prior deportees. Right. Because that's people. Why do they come back? Because their families are here. Shocker. Their families here depend on them for support. They're going to come back. I mean, it's crazy that they would come back. We have a case where a, a guy was ordered removed, actually took voluntary departure. He's married to us, and he said, wait a year, we will get you back. Yeah. And we're getting ready for his final interview. With a green card and, and everything. We're getting rid of the green card. We're going to do everything right, do it by the book. What happens? He came back illegally and got caught. Yep. And now he's permanently barred. Going back to the first point you raised, because he was so desperate to get back, he couldn't wait a year when he was going to get a green card. He had to come back. Yep. It just shows, I mean, that people can't, I mean, it's, it's it, at the end of the day. Would you, you stay away nice. from your family? No. Oh, I, I say it all the time. You don't want to know what I would do if I was undocumented and somebody, I would I would try to stay off the radar and provide for my family and everything. But if I got caught up in the system and you were trying to intervene in my family's life, you don't want to know how far off the reservation I would go. Well, exactly I right. Mean, I, I mean, I mean. 
I don't blame a lot of these cats for anything they do. I mean, it's it's the bottom line is at the end of the day, it's about family. And if uh, it, you know, if you're taken from your family, and listen, I, I tell clients a lot of times, listen, I know what it's I know what it's like to be away from your family for an extended period of time. I came home from Afghanistan the day my uh, seven-year-old was born, and I left two weeks later for ten months. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like, and it sucks. Yeah. So have ha- I mean for people to uh, you know to be separated from their family by the state? Okay, like I at least volunteer for what I did. I mean these people aren't volunteering for anything. I mean the state's basically just telling them, "Hey, not gonna be able to be with your family." Chinese. It's crap. Life sucks. Yeah. That sucks, and then you die. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so at the end of the day, um, we've got a system that perpetuates itself, that is preyed on by really the vultures, the cankerous the parts. The worst of society. The cankerous parts of our society who offer no solution other than destroying families. Yep. And if you believe families are the essential part of our society, and you believe U.S. citizens are entitled to be with their families then you should be up in arms about John Boehner yep. lying that he can get Republicans to vote on an actual reform that would solve the problem because it ain't going to happen while Boehner is Speaker. Nope. And it's certainly not going to happen. Republicans gain control of the Senate. Nothing's going to pass. Or if something passes, it's going to be terrible. And Obama's, Obama will sign anything. I, I, I mean, if it's parallel, he'll sign it. Because yep. he, I mean, he has no soul he'd whatsoever have, on this issue. He, he's, yeah. not invested, yeah. he's not invested in this issue. Yep. But at the end of the day... Uh, we are not going to see a solution to this problem until a real leader rises somewhere. Somewhere. So welcome to the welcome to the uh, immigration. That's kind of a depressing note to end yeah, on. Yeah, it is. Uh, but we'll be back next week on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio, the most listened to immigration podcast in the known universe. In the known universe. Until next week, have a great week. This is America's Web Radio dot com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.